It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. drum loop going on and on and on like that, but uh, I was uh, answering a couple of emails about where uh, where the podcast has been. Ah! Uh, this is your occasional reminder that Podbean sucks, but it's about the cheapest and uh, onlyest way I can get the program out, but they do, they, they throttle me every month even though they're not supposed to and they're just trying to figure out a way to squeeze a little more money out of me god if only i was a right wing blowhard with the backing of some shadowy billionaire wouldn't have to worry about this oh well reminds me of the time when herman munster took a strike anywhere match and pulled it up his trousers and caught his trousers on fire and he said never happens to john wayne yeah i bet they don't throttle pink shrek joe rogaine no oh well you sound petty robin quit it hi i'm robin it is prayer meeting wednesday on the horn this is the 30th day 30th day of November 2022, the final day thereof, and uh, well, at least tomorrow I can start putting programs up on Podbean. I might be able to put this program up this evening. I don't, maybe it's if I wait till after midnight or something. I don't know. But if you would like to be part, if you're listening live, you know, between, you know, 3 to 5, or 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between the Great Globe Round. Uh, if you're listening live, you, you feel free to jump into the chat room. It is a merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza of conversation. Really, really, it is. And if you do, 
If you do so right this minute when you're listening live, well, you'll be uh, greeted by the early arrivers. That means uh, Squeaky, and Squeaky is presently being moderated by me. No, I don't moderate much. I don't even know how this thing works. And uh, the, the pinch hit chat room utility moderator and all-around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia Stan and uh, in the, uh, in the far, reach of, far reaches of Oregon, uh, our buddy, Roger. Um, hey, guys. Anybody heard from Sparky? I'm worrying about Sparky. I know he doesn't want anybody to worry about him, but I'm worrying about him. Because, as we've seen, catfishes can be dangerous. And we'll update that program uh, in a little bit. You know, a reminder, um, even if Podbean isn't working, don't assume that I have just gone all lazy and taken the night off and being a lady of leisure. Um, I don't do that. If I'm on the air, the pod, the pod, podcast also goes up at whiterosesociety.org. Okay, it's all it's. That's why we've got a little bit of redundancy in that. Um. So, it, except for last night, uh, when for some reason or another, you know, we had an early internet burp, and for then the well, the recording interfaces stopped recording, and that was fairly early in the program, so there was no, you know, oh well, but you get the idea. Um, lest I get ahead of myself, however, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so, uh, now thanks go out. To Dave in the Blind. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so kindly. And uh, as well, it being the last day of the month, it's time. It, we, we, say, we use the last day of the month to say thank you to each and every one of our Patreon subscribers. Once upon a time, there was more than one page of us, but now we're down to one page. And thanks to each and every one of you who stay in the, who stay in the thick of, th- think of things. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much to Randy Radar, and thank you to Christopher up in uh, Canada. And thank you to Dave in the Blind. Thank you, Troy. Thank you to Janice. Thank you to David in Oregon. Thank you, Eve. Thank you, Jake. Th- thank you, Nancy. And thank you, Bernadette. Thank you to Michael of the Guffins. And thank you to Baltimore Bob. Thanks to Jeff in Slow. Thank you, Kay. Thank you to Andrea. Thank you to James. Thank you so much, James. Thank you to Aaron. Thank you, Annette. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you, Vernon, San Diego. Thank you, Cat in Ohio. Thank you, KW. Thank you, Irwin in Montana. Thank you to Barb. Thank you to Horst in Taiwan. Thank you, Robin. Thank you to Terrace. And thank you to Brother Deacon Asa. And thank you, thank you, thank you to... Jeremy in Vermont, thank you each and every one of you for being partial sponsors of the program. It is uh, well, it's a, a, a chunk of the reason 
why this program exists. Uh, Jake said, oh, you're welcome. I'm wishing I could do more and hoping I'll be able to soon. Jake, thank you. It is... Um, well, it, it, it's almost inexpressible how valuable this help is. And so here, trying to close out the month of November and be viable into December, the fundraising deficit is $1,375. $1,375, that means... Um, this program is unfunded. Tuesday was unfunded. Monday was unfunded. Uh, Friday was unfunded. And part of last Thursday. So almost an the biggest part of last Thursday. So al almost an entire week of unfunded uh, broadcasting. And that makes things really scary. But we've got a, we got a program to do this evening, and we're going to. If you'd like to be uh, if you'd like to become a new Patreon subscriber, just go over to headon.live and click on contribute. The Patreon button's there. The main page has the uh, has the, the the PayPal button if you'd like to subscribe that way. Um, PayPal comes out whatever day you set up your subscription, which is just a matter of putting in like 10 bucks and then saying make this happen every month. Um, Patreon comes out the first day of the month consistently. So whichever is better for you. And that having been said, uh, it is prayer meeting Wednesday on the horn. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. And so, uh, well, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a bit of a nip in the air. Um, storms roiled through and rolled through the southeast last night and we got some of the wind here. It was, well, we were, t Scary Jerry mentioned that. I, you know, one of the things, on, on, on a pretty day here soon, I'm going to get in the car and set the, set the phone up to record and just uh, driving around, you know, driving around with Robin, road, tri road tripping with Robin, and we'll, uh, we'll go across the river, go across the bridge, and I'll post it, and you'll see some of what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe do that periodically through the season, so that we can see how things change around here. Um, I really like that idea, and uh, just as a you know means of giving you some idea of what it's like this place I talk about so much. Um, thank you, Ralph. Ralph says. Uh, if people contribute 50 bucks, I'll match it. That would get us down to uh, 1275 And it would be fantastic if that happened. So there's $50 on the table courtesy of Ralph's. Ralph's is, the all, is there so often, and I'm so grateful for Ralph's. Thank you. It was an absolute joy meeting her at the uh, Horn Inn uh, this past June. And we're still thinking about that. And we've got a couple of votes in favor of another horn in. And I'm in favor of another horn in. Just have to have enough people to make it uh, make it viable. But anyway, a bit of a nip in the air. And uh, consequently, the little old blue-haired ladies and little old blue-haired men, of which I am one, 
little old blue-haired ladies, that is. It is. It's got a little kind of, kind of a blue tint to it sometimes. And, uh, never mind. Uh, it goes well with my eyes. But uh, they, 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 got, they got busy down in the Fellowship Hall kitchen and put together a jello salad made with uh, uh, gently cooked crushed cranberries and walnuts and celery in it. And it was actually very, very good. And uh, with, with uh, the actual winter solstice rapidly approaching, well, here in the hills, we love us a, we love us a big pot of brown beans. And so that's exactly what they did. Uh, they made uh, a big pot of brown beans. Uh, and we had, uh, we had fresh canned chow chow from the garden. Love me some chow chow. And great steaming skillets of iron, uh, iron skillets of cornbread coming out of the oven. And, so, and, and then, you know, for, for din- uh, dessert, for dessert, well, um, it was just a white sheet cake with the white buttercream icing. I think the, I think the kitchen, I think the kitchen, the kitchen crew were maybe just sort of trying to take it easy a little bit, but there's nothing better on a cool day than beans and cornbread. Nothing. I got me a little glass of buttermilk to go with it. It was mighty nice. Um, so uh, that having been said, the deacons were not at all uh, disappointed. It may be a little frightful here in the sanctuary in a little bit. Magical fruit and all. But, uh, well... It is uh, a time that now that we are all gathered together, that uh, we invite the minister of music up and ask the minister of music to lead us in our offertory hymn. Uh, Minister of music, if you would, please. And he said, it's time for you to leave behind the things of this world. The fine houses, the fancy cars, the flashy clothes, because we are all naked in the eyes of the Lord. Stop! This man is clinically insane. Ladies and gentlemen, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let me hear you say, Amen. Amen. Let me hear you say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me hear you say, I the contents of my wallet into that little collection plate when it comes around. And it's all tax-free. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for all the cash I've got. Praising for my Rolls Royce and my yacht. Serving God ain't hard with a credit card. Jesus died so I could make a lot. Praise the Lord, He's made us millionaires Wave your donations in the air We've replaced our hymns with ATMs And soon we'll charge a fee on every prayer Jesus 
Jesus Christ was a poor man, don't you know? He should have used our accountants for his cash flow. Stop the Sermon on the Mount, he should have had a bank account. Two thousand years with interest, he'd be rolling in the dough. Praise the Lord, this song's out on CD, just forty ninety-five plus GST. Hallelujah, plenty of moolah, solid gold baubles on my Christmas tree. I've got all of heaven's riches, thanks to all you stupid bitches. Praise the Lord for modern Christianity. Yeah, whoever said religion should be King Kang, Walla Walla Bing Bang, I love you. Welcome, welcome, brethren and sisters and nibblings, to prayer meeting Wednesday on the horn. Yes. I am Archpope, Uber Rabbi, Ultimate Imam, Animated Animist, Antagonized Agnostic, Naughty Nun, Munificent Mother Superior, Aggravated Abbess, Oh, what else? Uh, Maximum Metropolitan, Vicarious Vicar, yeah, uh, Robin Kincaid. And this is the Cathedral of Common Sense. Oh, glory. I'm calling upon you now, brethren and sisters and nibblings. I'm calling on you to get up off your seats and get on up on your feet and, 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 and wiggle and waggle and waddle and get out from betwixt the pews. Amen. Glory. Oh, yes. And come on down that blood-red aisle, oh mercy, and fall, fall upon your knees at the altar. Lay your hands upon the subwoofer and feel the healing rays of common sense flowing through you. Amen and amen. Here we are, prayer meeting Wednesday, brethren and sisters. We, we take note of the, of, of, of the moving power of faith, religion, amen, hallelujah, glory, praise his holy name, yes. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, Darlene, just got a note from Darlene, naughty nun. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, and and uh, the, the, the deacons will continue because we... We are we are in a we are in a crisis here, a financial crisis at the Cathedral of Common Sense, and so they will continue to move amongst the congregation with their heavy brass-bound burgundy velvet lined plates with the PayPal button in the bottom and 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 printed in the velvet uh, embossed there, as it were, uh, the mailing address for those who like to use the U.S. Postal Service, the Horn. 1038 North Eisenhower Drive, PMB 318, Beckley, West Virginia, 25801. And uh, just take it and pass it. Press the button, pass it along. And uh, and, and, and the deacons will be there. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like a three-man weave in basketball. We have one deacon in one aisle and another deacon in the next. And, but we'll just keep the we'll keep we'll, and I promise I'm I'm not with all with all the sweet tea that got consumed at at uh, uh, fellowship hall dinner I will not I will not I will not let the deacons lock the door and 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 hold the congregation hostage no I will not not that not I'm not that kind of priestess <clears throat> um 
that having that having been said, it would be uh, it would be great if uh, if we could put together fifty dollars, because uh, and and this is awesome, uh, because then Ralphs will double it, and then when she doubles her when she does the doubling, then Roger said he will jump in. And uh, and and add in an, uh, another fifty, and make it all a total of a two for one challenge. Thank you, Roger, and thank you, thank you, Ralphs. So uh, we've got a chance to knock thirteen seventy five down to twelve and a quarter, twelve twenty five, which would be super duper. Uh, if anything we can do not to enter de- to to cut back on the deficit with which we enter December would be wonderful so that having been said uh, it, let's uh, let's get to the let's get to the heart of the uh, homily as it were you know i like homily a lot you know there's that mexican soup they make pozole and it's got the homily in it and and sometimes i like homily with just a little bit of butter and salt and pepper but uh, oh oh no 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 never mind I, that, sorry i was thinking something else uh Mentioned on the program yesterday, toward the end, that uh, the Senate managed to pass the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, well, it passed its first test. That was not the actual bill being voted on. Uh, the Senate is so arcane and hidebound that they have to vote on whether they're going to vote on whether they're going to vote. This is what makes it so impossible to get a group of senators to get to go to lunch. They can't even decide where to go. And, and point of fact, under Senate rules, they can't even, without 60 votes, they can't even have a uh, have a discussion on whether they should even have lunch. Yeah, greatest deliberative body on earth. My left hind foot. But anyway, anyway, so 62 to 37, 12 Republicans actually figured, managed to do something halfway decent and support the bill. That means, uh, well, 37, yeah, 37 Republicans all voted against uh, having any kind of decent regard for marriages that aren't white, cis, and straight. That means that, well, well, we know what it means. But most importantly, uh, most importantly, it's worth noting who voted against it. In particular, constitutional scholar Mike Lee of Utah, well, he voted against it. Uh, He said he would have voted for it if uh, they would have weakened it to the point that it did nothing whatsoever and gave him a new poison, uh, gave religious organizations a new poison pill with which to torment the American people. Yeah, well, thanks for the sour persimmons, brother. And, of course, Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, voted against it because, that, because, because when, when, uh, when gay and interracial couples are happy, that makes Jesus sad. Uh, 
terrible, terrible, terrible sad. Um, and, you know, the usual suspects. The other usual suspects. A couple of senators on their way out the door voted for it. Those being Rob Portman of the Buckeye State and uh, Thom Tillis of North Carolina, Stan. But, well, one, one, one Republican senator who voted against it wanted to make sure that people knew he voted against it because there's a lot of money to be made in hate. And so, uh, uh, it, it, rising from, from his fainting couch, Lady G, Lindsey Graham, said, I just voted against the Respect for Marriage Act that is supposed to protect gay marriage without creating risk to religious freedom and religious institutions. And he, and he went on and said, uh, Nothing in the bill adds new protections for gay marriage, but it does, in my view, create great uncertainty about religious liberty and institutions who oppose gay marriage. The refusal to adopt Senator Lee's amendment, which clearly protects religious institutions from reprisals, says all I need to know about the potential risks of the bill to religious liberty. See it, Liberty. See it. Ah, yeah. And, of course, uh, Mike Lee, liar, said, offered to support the bill if the sponsors would include my amendment to prohibit the government from removing tax-exempt status based on religious beliefs about same-sex marriage for or again. The sponsors adamantly refused to even consider that. Why? Because there's nothing in the bill that does that. Nothing. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Ralphs. F off, Mike Lee and Rafi Leto Cruz and Lindsay and the like. Uh, but uh, the fact that Lindsay decided to jump out there way in front of this one and proudly proclaim his undying dedication to heterosexual marriage struck some folks as being a mite risible. Or maybe even hilarious. Um, one fellow said on Twitter, a Jeremy Newberger, I can't think of someone who knows less about this issue than Lindsey Graham. Unmarried Lindsey Graham. Um, Uh, and others just went a little bit more brown and said, you are such a piece of shit. There are no words in any language to describe how pathetic you are. Only sad and lonely people vote against others' happiness. Congratulations on showing how empty your soul is. And then uh, Chaz Bono delivered the, well, the sick burn. That's exactly what I'd expect from a self-loathing, lifelong bachelor whose quest to be power-adjacent took him from John McCain's side to that of the 
Twice impeached, three-time loser who announced in Florida last night. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know who Just for Fans is, but that's it. You're banned from our site. Uh, the, the, the marginally decent Republicans deserve to be mentioned by name. Roy Blunt, leaving the Senate from Missouri. Richard Burr, North Carolina. Shelley Moore Capito will bust my button. She, 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 she must have, like, a gay grandkid or something. Um, Susan, Susan Collins of Maine and... Noted hog baller Joni Ernst voted for it. Cynthia Lummis of Wyoming did. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska did. Rob Portman on his way out did. Dan Sullivan did. Alaska. Bishop Willard Romney did. As well as outgoing Thom Tillis and then Todd Young from Talabandiana. And it will now face a... Uh, cloture vote to close debate so that the measure may be voted upon. Um, Matt in San Francisco, den mother to the horn, says, uh, please, oh please, can't wait to hear more from the 70-year-old bachelor about my marriage. Do tell. Confirmed bachelor, Lindsey Graham. You know, there's a, yeah, I, I know, uh, Flavio says, that Miss Lindsey, that old maid. Um, and Steve, that, in New York with a trenchant observation, I heard someone say this today. You know you're a minority when people get to vote on whether you have rights. Truth. Um. But there, there, we and we've we've touched upon this in the past. Um, the rightness and wrongness of it. But uh, there's a there, there's a long-standing debate on when, or in fact, if ever, it is appropriate and permissible to out someone against their will. I can say, as someone who was uh, closeted for decades, that the prospect of being outed is terrifying. And that was why I so closely guarded my gender identity. Because that possibility always exists, you know. It, sometimes you, you know, uh, car accident, anything, and whoops, <laughs> what's he wearing? Um, and the consensus. At least as I understand it of non-consensual outing is primarily when the person is uh, 
doing things that are in direct harm to the marginalized community in question. Well, by refusing to support this legislation and by attacking, actually attacking millions of same-sex marriages all around the country and, in point of fact, interracial marriages. And, so, and some people have the trifecta. They're in, in, they are in a same-sex interracial marriage. Well, didn't Miss Lindsay earn an outing here? Isn't it time to Well, isn't isn't it time to start doing the hard work of making sure that Lindsay doesn't get to keep his secret anymore? Of course, I don't know, but maybe people have speculated that Lindsey Graham is gay uh, from the first time that Lindsey Graham came upon the scene. Um, I remember his uh, breathless pontification as, the, as a member of the House of Representatives on the impeachment committee in the 90s for the great, the great cleanest hunt. And, and, and he was in rare form that entire time and, and acting all, all, all shocked and lawyerly and butch and whatnot. But isn't it time? Isn't it time to just so, sort of do to Lindsay what has been done to so many others? You remember when journalists... Um, surveilled Gary Hart and got the picture of him with the woman whose name I can't even remember uh, uh, on, on, a, on a yacht in Bimini called the Monkey Business. Um, people, yeah, or or, or did, did did somewhere along the way did the uh, for profit, multi-millionaire for-profit media decided that was the wrong thing to do and they never should have done that to poor Gary Hart or Philander and John Edwards or, you know, Bubba. The people's relationships are between them and not between them and the media. It, no. Sauce, goose. Sauce, gander. Especially when they get really, really mouthy about it. Matt in San Francisco says, quite frankly, the only person that doesn't know Lindsay is gay is Lindsay. A sad life, really.
Oh, what was the name of that movie with uh, Kevin Klein and um, Joan Cusack and uh, Tom Selleck? That, 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 was it In and Out? Where she runs screaming out of the bar, Is everybody gay? Well, Lindsay's Lindsay's been setting off uh, setting off gaydars all across the the country for for you know a generation. And what remains interesting is how every once in a while, you know, a story kind of bubbles to the surface and then it sinks as quickly. Uh, I remember someone telling me that uh, in his hometown, everybody knows. Nobody just says anything about it. Steve in New York with an observation. Involuntary outing. I'd like to shed some light on this. I think involuntary outing is appropriate when a member of the community to which the person belongs actually hurts that group. However, only if that particular group particular group does the outing. For instance, if in Nazi Germany we found out a German high official was Jewish, if the person's fellow members of that community wanted to do so, it would be up to that community. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I understand your point. Um, but what, what what's the effective meaning of that? I mean... It, the, 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 the high priest and priestess of, 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 of LGBTQ issue some sort of bull that says it's okay to out Lindsay? It seems, I don't know. There's a certain morality among sex workers too, I suppose. Could be that uh, Lindsay leaves the money on the nightstand and the money buys not only the sex, but the silence. It's a thorny, it, it is a thorny issue. But it seems like he shouldn't be able to, uh, to attack the LGBTQ community and continue to you know, I'll use all ten fingers and all ten toes just to keep the closet door closed, as Mike Cooley once wrote. And frankly, the, the religious liberty argument is so much horseshit. Um... And uh, yeah, that's who I, 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 you're. You're part of who I was talking about, Tracy. Interracial, same gender. Yeah. You yeah. You uh, Lindsay hates you twice, and so does Mike Lee. And, Raffaelito and right. 
Rick Skeletor Scott and little Marco Rubio. Tommy the Tuba, uh, he don't want no gay marriage neither. War Eagle, y'all. And Cindy Hyde Smith and Mississippi Stan. Uh, there, yes, thank you. Donna Rice. Her name was Donna Rice, Ron and Raleigh says. What most people don't don't know is that this is a bit of rat fuckery brought to you by the usual suspects. Ms. Rice is a right-wing operative. Gary Hart didn't know Donna Rice until she plopped her ass down on his lap. That's the truth. Inside out, inside out. Thanks, Tracy. Lindsay the fake, Clarence, writing. I will never understand how a person who never married nor has any children gets to chime in on marriage or abortion. Lindsay, please shut the fuck up. And sit right the hell down. Exactly. Um, Ron also said, could you please tell me, uh, I'm sure I missed the vote, but when did the U.S. become a theocracy? Can't pass a bill without making sure religious folks get a veto. Sincerely held religious beliefs, my black ass. There's not a sincerely held religious belief among any of the motherfuckers who claim to have... Uh, sincerely held religious beliefs. In the modern era, sincerely held religious beliefs is just a canard, um, the, a red herring, a different way to say bigotry. That's where we are. In the view of maggots, Republicans, the GOP, religion is where they keep their bigotry protected. And they use it as a cudgel on the rest of us. Genuinely. Uh, For Miss Lindsay Tracy says, Girl, bye! Or else, bye, Felicia. Yeah, too bad we... Maybe a little bit of less, a little bit less civility there. In the, but no, you got to... Once in a while, you might want Lindsay's vote, so you can't be all mean to him. Right. But Ron's not wrong. We, we, we are a theocracy. Beginning with things like Hobby Lobby... It became more than apparent. The Dobbs decision is nothing but theocracy. The Dobbs decision is our most puissant, dread sovereign, supreme Catholic majesties on SCOTUS compelling us to behave according to the dictates of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. No more, no less. Um, so I just thought we would start with that bit of uh, that that bit of religious bigotry and self-hating well homophobia internalized homophobia 
every, every time he thinks about it, he probably gets a big old tsunami of guilt. Of course, I've never seen any stories about, you know, I'm protecting religious liberty. Um, I have never seen a photo or video or anything of of of, Lin, of, of Lindsay swanning into his local uh, gospel sharp house. But he's from South Carolina, Stan, and they're terribly religious down there, and he wants to protect their their, their religious liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, and an update. You might recall, what, a couple of months ago, the story of a uh, Roman Catholic priest, 39-year-old Travis Clark, formerly a priest at St. Peter and Paul's Roman Catholic Church in Pearl River, Louisiana, Stan. Yeah, he uh, entered a guilty plea this past Monday to what is codified in Louisiana, Stan, as felony obscenity. Standing before 22nd Judicial, Judicial District Judge Ellen Creel in the Covington, Louisiana, Stan Courthouse, 39-year-old Travis Clark said, I plead guilty, Your Honor. Because this particular 39-year-old Catholic priest was caught, someone was walking past the church, and there's a picture of the church that accompanies the story here. And I'm trying to figure out how this exactly happened. Because the passerby is said to have seen through the window of the church uh, Father Travis getting it on with a pair of dominatrices on the altar of Saints Peter and Paul Roman Catholic Church. And that occasioned his arrest for felony obscenity. There's actually there, there there's actually a legal curiosity, at least for me. I don't know if Billable Billable Rick is listening. I know Steve is. You know, there's a doctrine in the law called nuisance, and. You cannot move to a as a general principle. You cannot move to a nuisance, and then claim to be aggrieved of, by the nuisance. And what that means is like, uh, you can't move into the Coal River Valley of West Virginia, and then claim that uh, it's a nuisance because you're living next to a mountain that's being blown to pieces. You moved to the nuisance. Of course, the people who live there um, and were there long before the blasting started, uh, well, we had a carve-out here that said they can't, even even though it's inherently dangerous and ultra-hazardous activity and should bring with it strict liability and tort, uh, no, 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 they can't claim nuisance either because, well, co keeps the lights on. 
But I'm trying to figure out what kind of person sees and and how close to the windows did you have to get there, peeper, to see the priest up on the altar uh, having sexy time with the, I guess they were black clad leather wearing, I mean, how... Pretty sure they weren't weren't you know weren't wearing signs that said dominatrix for hire or anything. So how did how did they find out? And secondly, what exactly constitutes felony obscenity in Louisiana Stan? And I don't know the answer. So he was looking at six months to three years in the clink. But instead, the court imposed a three-year prison sentence and suspended the sentence and imposed a three-year supervised probation order and ordered uh, Travis Clark, the uh, uh, frisky father, uh, to pay a $1,000 fine. The court consulted with the uh, Archdiocese of New Orleans, who had their representative there, and had previously agreed to the sentence and gave permission to the judge to impose it. Father Frisky paid restitution in the amount of $8,000. yeah, this uh, this whole thing happened back in October 2020, and the thing finally came to a head um, within the last couple of months as he was arrested or indicted or whatever. There's a there's one particular there's one little tidbit of of information that I found. Oh, sure, humorous. It's pra- it's prayer meeting Wednesday, y'all. Glory. Uh, the church, after they found out that uh, Frisky Father Travis had done the naughty, nasty, right there on the altar, well, the the archdiocese uh, sent in a team of exorcists, I'm sure, but they took possession of the altar and went out and burned it. Burned it. I found that extremely common. So, a person, three people, were doing something with their bodies that were created by the God that incensed the religious divines and they couldn't just like give it, spray it with some Lysol and no, no. You know, a little old English lemon oil wood treatment. No, no. They had to burn, and you you know why they had to burn it. Now, if it had been some 
if it, if 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 Father Frisky had just stood there and rubbed one out on the altar, wouldn't have been a big deal. Probably wouldn't have had to burn the altar. But you see, those filthy, disgusting, sin-bearing women probably got their lady parts all over the altar, and that makes Jesus sad. Dad, Dad, what what's going on here? Ah, right, just a minute. Let, let me send let me send somebody down the peep in the window. Yeah, that's and you know, they probably didn't even have their hair appropriately covered. Well, catwoman masks are a thing too, and it covers some hair. They burned the altar. Wow. I, I wonder if they wore like hazmat suits to keep any of the sexy time molecules from corrupting their virginal beings. The obsession with the obsession with the Abrahamic religions. Over, 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 women's sexuality is uh, well. It never ceases to amaze and disgust, and I remain, I remain absolutely stunned that there is a single, solitary woman on this planet who participates in either Christianity, Judaism, or Islam. I feel like you really have to hate yourself to do that. Women be silent in church. Thank God I was not born a woman. Well, I don't. (laughs) Um, And all the claptrap over hair and ankles. I guess hairy ankles. The things that turn those men on... Go figure. Yeah, that's right. Randy Radar says, uh, we do religion the old-fashioned way. We burn it. Burn them. Burn some sense into them. You know they wanted to burn the dominatrices. You know know that nasty old archbishop was sitting down there in the big easy. Yeah, I remember once upon a time this church had a... This, this church had some damned authority, and we wouldn't have to burn the altar. We'd just burn the... Uh, well, okay, we'd burn the altar. We'd burn the damn women on it, too. Steve, stop that. Um, going back to Lady G, Darlene in Connecticut says, Oh, Lady G loves him and leaves him. Dollars on the nightstand for sure. I don't think he's miserable at all. He loves his clandestine life and the power being a U.S. senator gives him. And our pathetic fourth estate never questions the religious beliefs bullshit. And the new Democratic Caucus chair, Pete Aguiar, is a major faith head. His question to one of the Republican witnesses during the January 6th committee hearings about how his faith in God helped him was just utterly pathetic and freaking unwarranted. I'm fed up with the mixing of government and religion. There must be that wall of separation Jefferson spoke of, otherwise we get what we're getting, a nation hurtling towards theocracy. Democrats are just as goddamn guilty of this, too. Yeah, I think, well, 
in the case of the Democrats, some of them, you know, some of them do, you know, Bible thump. But I think a lot of a lot of people are simply scared. And remember, that's how religion works. It works by fear. Oh, you can't say anything bad about us, or we'll tell on you to the great big bearded juvenile delinquent in the sky, and he'll be mad, and 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 and, and he's full of love. And that's why when he gets mad at you and throws you into the lake of everlasting fire that was created for the devil and his angels, he's going to do it because he loves you. He's going to burn some sense into you for all eternity, damn it. How, how, do, how do such terrible ideas develop such pernicious longevity yeah i don't i don't know yeah steven new york agreeing tracy and jan hit the trifecta lesbian married couple one african-american woman one jewish woman winning yeah mike lee probably goes to sleep every night well, I don't want to think about what he does, but let's just stay out of it. Yeah. Um, David the Blind says, I have a couple of comments on Lady G. Those in D.C. who know uh, were made to sign non-disclosure agreements for what even in D.C. would be considered an illegal act. Out Ms. Lindsay. Um, Albert reminds us, hey, Albert, good to hear from you. When Walker made that remark about his erection, this erection, this erection is for the people. Lindsay and Ted Cruz were standing next to him. The lady who called Walker out, uh, one stipulation, Walker has to be alone during the debate. Okie doke. Um, thanks very kindly to... Uh, Uh, our pal, uh, our, our anonymous pal, thank you. And thank you as well to uh, uh, Clarence in South Carolina, Stan. Uh, Ralph's challenge has been met, which means that Roger's challenge has been met, which means we're going to go down to 1225. And that no, that takes us now down to twelve hundred. And uh, thank you to uh, Charlene in Rogues Island, getting us down below the twelve hundred mark to eleven seventy-five. We're backpedaling into the Middle Ages. Thank you. Thank you, Charlene. Um, so eleven seventy-five is where the deficit stands. Trying to. Finish November. Okay. Get stuff paid for. Stay on the air. Uh, Emilio, uh, with a stunning realization, women's sexuality, wait, women are sexual creatures now, like actual people, a.k.a. men? I know I'm going to hell. Going to hell. Yeah. Yeah, Meanwhile, up in Oregon, Christopher with a... Deep theological question. Uh, the dominatrix witches, 
Did they weigh the pair of dominatrices to see if they weighed the same as a duck? Burn, alter, burn, dominatrix, inferno. The altar, the altar, the altar's on fire. We don't need no water. Let the burn, burn, burn. I don't, I don't know why that just popped into my head. But, uh, anyway, uh, in regard to the Respect for Marriage Act, President Biden weighed in as well. He said, love is love, and Americans should have the right to marry the person they love. Today's bipartisan Senate vote gets us closer to protecting that right. The Respect for Marriage Act protects all couples under law. I urge Congress to send the bill to my desk so I can make it law. <sighs> Lindsay. But, you know, again, it's not just Lindsay. It's Lindsay and 36 other godforsaken Republican senators. I mean, uh, 3X Marsha Blackburn. Yeah. Uh, whoever the other clown is in Tennessee. Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch, voted against it. And so, too, did Rand Paul, libertarian ophthalmologist. And that thing on his head. The Aqua Buddhist was uh, worried about religious liberty. Wowzer. Such a such a prayer meeting Wednesday. No. No, Tracy, you do not get a special dispensation because Jan is Jewish. Lindsay loves, will bow and scrape and positively abase himself for Israel. But no, um, gay Jews do not. No, doesn't happen. This is worth note. Um, this morning... The Department of Homeland Security issued a terror threat bulletin. This is chilling. The terror threat bulletin has to do with the fact that uh, they are observing chatter. Well, uh, the quote from the, the piece, We have observed actors on forums known to post racially or ethnically motivated violent extremist content praising the alleged attacker at Club Q. You know, Andy Aldrich. And that was part of the latest National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin warning that uh, there could be copycat attacks. Um, one of the ones that and and, and uh, they they also related it to a shooting at an LGBTQ bar in Slovakia's capital last month, and U.S. Um, well, terrorists uh, praised that attack as well. It was a sort of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours situation because the attacker in, in that instance 
posted an online manifesto in which he declared his white supremacist bona fides and talked about how much he admired uh, white supremacist terrorists in the United States. Speaking with reporters earlier today, a Homeland Security official said, that is of concern to us as it might motivate others to carry out similar attacks. The LGBTQ community remains a community that is targeted for violence. What a terse and chilling statement that is. The LGBTQ community remains a community that is targeted for violence. And went on, this Homeland Security official did, to talk about something that we've talked about here. And that is overlap. Or, as Todd and I from time to time noted, the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis and the skinheads and the white nationalists and the alt-right and the incels and the MGTOWs and the men's rights and the homophobes and the transphobes and the misogynists, the Venn diagram is just a circle with them. That's all it is. Just a circle. Hey, thanks for letting me know the, uh, the, the stream just blipped, Steve. Appreciate it. I immediately closed my, uh, or minimized my browser to make sure that the recording did not stop this time. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. I really do. And so since it is just a circle... The official said, uh, having a racially or ethnically motivated set of violent actors look to this attack in Colorado and highlight it as something worthy of emulation, I don't think I find it particularly surprising. In terms of uh, what is driving or, or, or where, where the risk lies, the bulletin said... Uh, Potential targets of violence include public gatherings, faith-based institutions, the LGBTQI plus community, schools, racial and religious minorities, government facilities and personnel, U.S. critical infrastructure, the media, and perceived ideological opponents. DHS noted a heightened threat environment and cited lone offenders and small groups motivated by a range of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances. In the coming months, threat actors could exploit several upcoming events to justify or commit acts of violence, including certifications related to the midterm elections, the holiday season, and associated large gatherings, the marking of two years since the breach of the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, also known as the terrorist attack, and potential socio-political developments connected to ideological beliefs or personal hostility. Uh, they went on to say it is noteworthy that the election period is not, in fact, over. Election activities are still underway, of course, in some states around the United States, but it's worth noting as a practical matter that we did not see widespread or substantial violence attached to the election season.
Did you catch that list? That list, I mean, and, and then there's just a general statement in public gatherings, faith-based institutions. Oh, the churches have to be scared. Ooh, 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 ooh. So, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if the Roman Catholics, uh, I don't know, maybe they've got a team of Jesuits or something in Louisiana, Stan, who are uh, going by and peeping in every church's window to make sure that no more priests are having sexy time with any more demonic dominatrices. <laughs> Public gatherings, faith-based institutions, the LGBTQI plus community. That's anybody who falls within that umbrella anywhere at any time for any reason. Or no reason at all. And I always think about our buddy Mark in Florida talking about you cannot outdraw a drawn weapon. There is a certain irony in the joy that comes with finally living one's authentic life and the rage and fury that that engenders, see what I did there, in others. And I don't understand it. Really don't. But we have to be hypervigilant. I mean, it really does. It, impa- it impacts how one lives one's life. And the more this thing, you know, this thing happened in a blood-red part of Colorado. You know, not Boulder, not Denver. But in Lady B's beloved... Um, Springs, which has a Republican government, a Republican representative in Congress, and is, you know, oozing with right-wing theocracy, and a place that has, you know, focused on the family that has uh, been a, a veritable factory for incitement of homophobic and transphobic hatred. So to that extent, it bears a certain resemblance to, say, Alabama or Texas or Arkansas or Idaho. I don't have to list all the states. But there is, there is a constant threat, ever-present, for anyone who lives in any of those places. And an existential competition between the need to stay safe and stay alive and the desire to be out and social and live one's life as a member of civil society. Some people are perhaps uh, comforted by carrying guns. But I come back to what Mark has said. You can't outdraw a drawn weapon.
And it's just a weird, weird feeling to know that one has a target on one's back just for being alive. And that there are people out there who are absolutely insulated and protected. Who, because of that insulation and that protection, are able to call for someone's death with no, no consequences whatsoever. Alex Jones, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Joe Rogaine. A terrifying piece of legislation, and I am not over-describing it. A terrifying piece of legislation has been introduced in the Texas legislature. Uh, it's a horror. The bill will probably pass. This isn't some Looney Tunes nutcase uh, piece of legislation that's being introduced in an otherwise sane state, y'all. This is Texas. And the bill makes it a felony. And don't tell me that the courts will protect us because the courts will not protect us. It makes it a felony for parents, loving parents, to provide gender-affirming care for their kids of any sort, any kind of gender-affirming care. The parents are guilty of felony child abuse and are to be charged, tried, and incarcerated while the children are to be stolen away and put in some hellscape foster care program where they can have the trans beaten out of them. In the name of Jesus! I read that and my body began shaking. Terrifying. Uh, they also have another bill that will make any venue where anyone performs in any way, shape, form, or fashion as anything other than the gender they were assigned at birth a sexually oriented venue and subject it to brutal licensing requirements. So let's say somebody sings. Uh, let's say let's say a trans woman sings the national anthem at an Astros game. That venue immediately becomes a sexually oriented business. This is, but the business with the parents and their children. Children will die. Because a lot of these kids cling to life in the hope that they can finally be themselves someday. And every day they have to wait is a misery. Anything, even social transition, can provide a little bit of relief. 
and the state of Texas wants to take them away from their loving parents and give them to people who do not love them at all. Take a moment to think in a state the size of Texas how huge an underground railroad there's going to have to be to get these families the hell out of there. Now, places like D.C. and California are in the process of passing sanctuary laws saying that these jurisdictions will not honor any legal process coming from one of these states that seeks to harm children by detransitioning them. And that's great as far as it goes. But how in God's name do you, do you, do you, do you live when you have to pick up everything you have and flee in the dark and still of the night, and that has already happened, and set up housekeeping, uh, all, all, all the while trying to take care of a child who is fragile to the point of collapse in a place where you can't where 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 a, a postage stamp sized piece of ground with a cardboard box on it's a million dollars I, I don't know and I wonder what it feels like to feel safe Oh, and by the way, there is, there is a physical condition that happens with some babies. We refer to it now as intersexed. It used to be called hermaphrodism. And the medical consensus now is that when a child is born intersexed, you do exactly nothing. Because there's this long history of medical interventions on intersexed babies. Uh, infamously, there were a pair of twins, Canadian twins. One of them um, had a condition that at the time, doctors thought required surgery on his little infant penis. And the surgeon botched the job. And the, it couldn't be fixed. So they just said, what the hell? We'll do a vaginoplasty on the baby. And just put the kid in dresses. We'll give them hormones when the time's appropriate. And you can just raise them as girls and they'll be fine. They weren't fine. Not fine at all. Because even though the parents and the doctors told them they were girls, they never believed it. They knew they were boys all along. And eventually, by the time one of them got to, to her teen years, his teen years, 
He said, screw all this. Told the world he was a guy and started living openly as a guy. Eventually, when he was 37 years old, he blew his own head off with a shotgun. Not because of anything he had done, but things that had been done non-consensually to him. And so the consensus in the medical community now is leave intersex children alone. Don't do surgery on them. But in the state of Texas, they put a carve-out provision in their no gender treatment for children uh, bill that allows parents to non-consensually perform sex changes on infants who are born intersexed. Go figure that. So, uh, that's Texas. It'll spread like cancer to Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama. Alabama's already done their part. But this idea, this idea of criminally charging parents who give care to their children and taking their children away from them, that's a new thing. So when it does spread like a cancer to all these other maggot Confederate states, do any of the decent blue states have any idea of what will really be involved in being a sanctuary state. By the way, Ahia is working hammer and tongs to do, well, to be Texas North. And I'm trying to... Uh, Minnesota, Oregon, Washington, California. Michigan now. New York, maybe Pennsylvania, probably, I don't know, Maryland, Delaware, this is going to be a mass exodus. And poor little West Virginia sits here with the highest per capita rate of trans teens in the United States. And like I told my therapist, I said, you better, you and your colleagues better get up to speed because you're going to get hit by a tsunami of transness. It's not a, it, you know, it's not a fad. It's not a phase. It's just how some people are. Um, not Fort Collins says uh, uh, Rusty thank you I hope not Jeremy in Vermont says openly attack I've said for a long time now anyone who attacks the LGBT plus clan probably isn't quite as straight as they proclaim and are miserable knowing so oh 
yeah, it's it's Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro. What a mess Alex Jones is. Uh, didn't Glenn Youngkin say the GOP was the parents' party? Well, yes, he did, but only certain parents. Honestly, Robin Steve says, what I cannot get my head around in this notion that the state is imposing its will on parents. Whatever happened to being pro-parent? How's this not eugenics? It's genocide, Steve. It actually fits the elements of a genocide. A discrete group of people and an attempt to immiserate them and eliminate them. And uh, Emilio says, felony child abuse, is that the GOP's new moniker? GOP is kind of dated. Drag shows, Matt in San Francisco says, have any of these legislators been to a drag show? They're no more sexual than any other theater show. I hate to say it, but I think these people need to get laid. They're way up to way too uptight. I mean, Jinx Monsoon from RuPaul's Drag Race is, star- is starring as Mama Morton in Chicago on Broadway in New York next year. Does that mean we have to up security at Broadway shows? These people need to get a life. Yeah, you do have to up security. Um. trans woman played uh, one of the witches in uh, oh what's that Broadway show on uh, about uh, the Wizard of Oz um, and she's now she's now got a role as the inspector in uh, Amazon's the peripheral she's fantastic Non-binary actor uh, Mason Alexander Park um, played Desire in a Netflix series. And she's got a wonderful role in, uh, they have a wonderful role in uh, the reboot of uh, Quantum Leap. And with the greater and with more visibility comes more risk, I suppose. And that's the purpose: is to drive everyone back into the closet, so the cis, so the cis straight white guys can feel better about themselves, and not sit around all the time wondering if maybe they are too. Whatever "too" happens to mean: gay, trans, you know, whatever. Uh, Randy Radar with an interesting question. If you're trans, aren't you at least somewhat adhering to the gender models of society? I'm not exactly the fighting Irish, but I am still considered a man, even though I'm asexual. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, very, much, I'm very much participating in the binary. It's how I'm comfortable. I'm not gender fluid, and I'm not non-binary. As... Um, Gwen Stefani once sang, Just a Girl. And it's not, it, you know, it, it, there is a movement out there. It's primarily located in online spaces, and it can make your eyeballs roll back in your head and your head hurt and uh, make you 
people running around saying abolish gender. And that always makes me feel a little crawly because I keep having the feeling that when they're talking about abolishing gender, that means they're talking about abolishing me and others like me. Trans guys, trans women, non-binary people. And not comfortable with that. And it's a really complicated topic. And there are, you know, there's no right way, there's no right way or wrong way to be gender non-conforming. That's the whole non-conforming part of it. There's no right or wrong. Um, Internalized homophobia, Stephen New York says, honestly, I don't care if a person is hostile to LGBT folks, is really gay or trans or bi or lesbian, etc. If a person has their issues in this regard, they can hate, curse, and disdain us all they want. That person touches any one of my LGBT brothers and sisters and nibblings. I will fight them off and deter them from doing it again by any means necessary. Yeah, I mean, haters going to hate, right? That's a bit trite, but it's true. Haters going to hate, but they don't get to act out on it. And I, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to know from you. Especially if you're not in a marginalized community. I'm curious to know if in your day-to-day activities, do you kind of look around and make sure, just sort of scan the area and see, you know, what your circumstances are? Do you keep a weather eye out for uh, whether anybody's walking around strapping, packing heat, got a hog leg on their hip? Do you, do, you, do you monitor or, or, or gatekeep where you go, what you do? Because I have, and, and, and maybe I need to get back into therapy. I'm, I'm, I've caught myself, and it's, it's just vigilance, but I've caught myself wondering and looking around and saying, you know, um, where 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 are the where are the uh, means of escape? What are people going to do if shit goes sideways? Because this is America, and it can happen anywhere. Pulse nightclub, Club Q, the campus of Virginia Polytechnic Institute. A college in Long Beach, California. A Sikh place of worship in Wisconsin. It can happen anywhere. But it's the fact that now they are, now there's a, a cadre of people egged on by the likes of Tucker Carlson who are specifically targeting particular groups. 
that's terrifying. But, you know, Matt's right. Drag shows are not sexual. Plain and simple. I've been to a bunch. In the last couple of years. Okay, not a bunch. It's probably less than 12, but... Um, no, it was... It's a performance art. You know, and... Again, I think about drag in the same light that I think about professional wrestling. Actors in costumes putting on a performance. Don't drink, Jeremy in Vermont says. The main issue I drink very rarely is my constant need to be aware of my surroundings and the creeps that may be around me. You're smart. And I, oh well. I just I just wanted to put that question out there. What does it mean to be safe? Yeah, wicked. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, wicked. And uh, we are halfway through the program. I've filled the robster uh, the whole way through this prayer meeting Wednesday. Uh, let's go over. Uh, let's go over and see who's on the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening, Robin. It's Dave in the bar. Hey, Dave. How are you? I'm not feeling too well uh, this evening, girl. But I'm not going to get into it. Because I'm afraid Bill will Rick will show up at my door and turn his uh, rock legend power against me, and uh, I, I I I I don't want any part of that for ruining his uh, midday snack. That's very good of you. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Christine suffers from what you're talking about um, and has for years, even before the stroke. It's called hypervigilance, where you are looking in the shadows and you're, you're constantly aware about what's going on around you. Um, this is primarily... Not because of anything that's happened to her, other than the fact that she's a black woman in the United States. Uh, but that is exactly what it is. And um, I, I need to uh, make a correction. Uh, you thanked me twice. Uh, the the donation that is not the Patreon, yeah, is from Christine. Then thank you, Christine. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, just because it's hard for her to, 
she doesn't have a PayPal set up. It's just a mess. She also um, is getting a new home girl paid. She's been having some problems. And like dealing with doctors and things like that, she's more comfortable dealing with men when it comes to, like, seeing a doctor or things like that. A lot of these things that you're talking about, you know, are are uh, what you're comfortable with, what makes you feel okay. And um, I would be the first to encourage you that if you feel you need to go and see a therapist and talk about this, do it. They might be able to... Can't. (laughs) Because of the money? Well, yeah, lack of of health care and the fact that um, the mental health health system here is completely overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, I I understand. It's the same here in Taliban, uh, but you also get the the, the idiot to say, "I don't want to be called crazy." Uh, if I had five dollars for every time I heard that here in Telavandiana, Robin, you, you wouldn't have to worry about funding. Oh, I get it. No, I, I, but we had a nice chat on my little graduation session. And- she said, "I don't worry about you." She said, "She, she said, you're amazing," and said, "You know, you're, you're not, you're nothing but sane. You're just sane." I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break it to you because we got we, we had a really good relationship. I hate to break it to you, but you're not nuts. Right. Right. <laughs> Probably the first. You know, you're actually rational. And and decent and everything we say we we want out of human beings. But do oh, I, I laughed and I said, "Don't you invalidate me? I'm a trans woman. I have to be hysterical, driven by emotions, facts over feelings." Uh, we we we've had we've had a discussion before, Robin, about where the word hysteria comes from. Yes, we have. Uh, and uh, that 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 does not apply to you. Um, hysterical is not what hysterically funny. Yes, okay, there are times. But I wanted to get back to this, seeing through the church window and seeing the altar. Okay, does that bother you? Well, I, I mean, as you know... It, it, I, didn't, it didn't bug me as much until I saw a picture of the church. Let me guess. In front of the church, there are these big doors up front, no windows. You open that up into the vestibule, and... If it's like most Catholic churches I've ever been in, uh, between the front door and the sanctuary, 
or 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 the pews in the congregation and then the sanctuary it's another set of doors now those often do have windows in them so that ushers can see if anybody needs to come in or out during during the mass and that may be the way they were seen um However, I find it rather disturbing that they would throw a barbecue and burn an altar uh, regardless. I mean, yeah, they consider it desecrating the sanctuary. Well, if they're going to carry that to its logical conclusion, Robin, they should shut the whole damn church down. Well, that can mean, you know, when you think about the... And, and it's a list, okay? I mean, but when you think about oh, the, oh. The, 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 pet, the, the, the priestly pedophilia problem, when you think about, you know, Ireland and the Magdalene laundries, and you think about all the dead indigenous children in the American West and, well, in America and particularly in, in Canada, Canada, yeah, at some point, you know, you should probably shut her down. Well... Here's what you need to remind the uh, the right wing quasi religious athletes, and and that that you know calling them dumbasses. Uh, tax exemption for religious institutions in the United States has only been around since 1914. Yeah. They, uh, it has not been from the founding of you know founding of the nation or or the passage of the Constitution, and uh, I'm having a hard time getting excited about uh, the closure vote because. I can see a guy like the senior senator from Talibandiana, Todd Young, American Nazi, uh, voting for closure so they can debate it and he can vote against it. So this ain't over yet, folks. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you don't you don't you don't think it's gonna get past the closure vote? I don't think it's gonna get past the closure vote. So the Republicans who said I, that they would support it are gonna turn around and Robin, they're Republicans. What do you think? Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean if it if it passes, I'm all for it. Because Christine was like well, it's about this, that, and the other. I said, Christine, it also protects interracial marriage. She goes, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. Which is probably another reason that Ms. Lindsay didn't uh, vote for it, because North Carolina. You know. 
Oh, good Lord. Well, Lindsay, that probably well you, by the way, you got a note from Billable Rick. Dave, uh, Dave and the Blind and My Magical Powers. Robin, how did Dave know that I'm eating a late lunch here in Cali while the sun sinks slowly toward the horizon? Sun sets at 4.42 p.m. here in the O.C. Damn it, he must be psychic. Also, no. I, also, no. I, also, I disclaim any and all liability for the untimely passing of songstress Christine McVie at age 79. Damn, how'd she get to be so old? I last saw Fleetwood Mac play at the L.A. Forum in about the fall of 2018. I also caught them at Classic West in the summer of 2016. It was a great show and one of the last ones with Lindsey Buckingham still in the mix before his feud with Stevie Nicks reached critical mass and he was kicked out of the band. Anyway, Christine was in perfect health at the end of that show, so I do believe that some supervening event caused her death. It's a sad day for the rock and roll world. Yeah, that was sad. I saw that news come across, and it's like, damn. Because when you think about, uh, you know, Don't Stop and uh, Little Lies and Everywhere, which, by the way, what, what horrible timing. Everywhere was recently purchased. Um for use by God, is it a credit card company or, or maybe it's a hard on pill or something like that. No, it's not a hard on pill. Uh, but, you mean yeah. they got, they got rid of smiling Bob at insight. <laughs> I, but no, uh, I want to be with you everywhere is Yeah. My mom used to uh, play albums uh, at night when we would go to bed. She'd put a stack of albums on. Among them, Fleetwood Mac, Barry Manilow, Barbara Streisand, especially the the, uh, A A Star is Born uh, soundtrack. And things like that. The the Tusk album was a regular. Olivia Newton-John, another. I actually saw her in concert when I was nine, when she was still doing country music. She'd just come over from Australia. Um, and I was sad to hear about her dying. Um yeah, the, the 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 grades aren't getting any younger, Robin. And uh, it's uh, I I I understand that Billable is not responsible for uh, Ms. McVie's uh, passing, but I don't want to upset him and then have him turn that power on me. You know, right. I don't sing that well to begin with, and it, it, if I start, uh, he happens to be looking in my direction. Things bad things can happen. I don't want to put him in into that. No, position. no, no, definitely yeah. not. Oh, and uh, Ron and Raleigh just mentioned. Uh, what about Irene Cara, who sang Fame and the theme to Flashdance? She just passed. She was sixty-three, so that's two out of three. Oh God! They happen in threes. God, she's Christine. She's Christine's age. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, um, I honestly don't think it's going to pass. I think there's going to be, I mean, you're going to have some Collinses who will vote for it because she has to do her, her, her once a year, do the right thing, once a year thing. And the calendar is growing a little short there. So, um, I do see Murkowski supporting it just because, well, my dad absolutely despises that woman. And she, uh, if she's pissing off my ultra conservative father, she's doing something right. Yeah, she's doing um, the Lord's work. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, for crying out loud, Robin, she. She conducted a write-in campaign to retain her seat. Yeah. That's somebody who knows what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. And, of course, big state, small population. You could fit the entire population of Alaska in Peter's Corner in Rome. That's That's a hell of an image. Yeah. They'd, they'd probably be really hot in all those fur coats. Well, that's true, but it's not always. Well, it depends on the time of year. This time of year, yeah, it, it would be. But you get around July, it gets up to 72 degrees. Oh, hell, climate change being climate change. Alaska will probably come Janu- late January, February. Alaska will be warmer than I am. There are times, Robin, when in uh, see, I came back from Alaska in 1987, and uh, in 1987, it was 72 degrees on Christmas Eve here in Indianapolis. I came back on the 23rd of December from Alaska where it was 20 below. Four weeks later, it was 40 below here, and it was just below freezing in Anchorage. But Anchorage is hit with the Japanese current. which is a warm ocean current. That That's why Anchorage can stay warmer than the rest of the state because of all the mountains around it. And uh, it's, it's one of those places uh, I heard from a friend of mine that all the... Uh, you would find icebergs in the middle of lakes when I was up there, now the uh, the glaciers are melting to the point where um, you don't 
it, it's going to affect rivers. It's going to affect salmon. It's going to affect all kinds of things. And Alaska has in their constitution, their state constitution, a provision that requires the state of Alaska to protect its fisheries. It, it, it's crabbing industry, the salmon, all that, because it's so economically vital to the state. And um, that makes me wonder how Republicans are ever going to function up there, because they don't want to do anything to address climate or the environment. And, uh, well, the state constitution, well, that's just nice thoughts. And we'll just pray about it. Tots and prayers, y'all. Tots and pears. How, how, was, how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> you, uh, obviously, you had the grandbabies around. How was it? Oh, it was very nice, very low key, but very, very nice. Just, oh. a, just a, a lovely day and peaceful conditions. And, and how, how did the how did how did the cornbread turn out? Oh well, come on, you know. Christine and I had uh, for our our dinner. Uh, I couldn't make it to the grocery store because I had um, I have a demon both legs and my feet were so swelled up I couldn't get my shoes on. So my ride took me directly to Christine's house and we set up her crock pot. We put the pork chop we put pork chops in. We slow-cooked those for four hours, and Christine had made hot-water cornbread. Mm. And, uh, yes, mm, and when it first comes out, for, for people who've not had it before, you got to slap that butter on there quick. Otherwise, they become hockey pucks. Yes. It's not one of those dishes you wait until it cools. Um, but it is, it is because, you know, with regular cornbread, you can get away with it cooling a little bit. Not with hot water cornbread. No, I want it, but, no, I, yeah, any kind of cornbread. I want it, I want it too, I want to eat it when it's too hot to touch. Oh, you you want to to burn the roof of your mouth and your taste buds off your tongue? Yes, yes, absolutely. And of course, I, uh, I love um, what I grew up calling Mexican cornbread. You know, where you get the green giant Mexi corn with the peppers in it. And you oh yeah, use can, you use a can of that and you chop in it real finely an onion and throw in some uh, chopped jalapenos. That's See, my mom time. never got that fancy. My mom never got that fancy. It was, 
it, she normally kept a, a thing of, of bacon grease uh, near the stove, and she'd uh, grease up her pan with bacon grease, and she might put a little extra sugar in the in in the batter, but. She, she wouldn't go all out. Like I, I've seen some people that go who go for the for the soft texture. Uh, I didn't even realize cornbread came in, in, in as white cornbread until I was an adult. Oh, the white versus yellow cornmeal cornbread discussion is is some is some way deep history. Oh, by the way, I got yeah, a note. Well, I got a note from Dave number eleven. Oh, uh, part of the fraternity, of Dave's. Okay, what's yes. your brother? Yeah, Air Supply is out on tour. They're in Cali next month. Any chance Billable could? Never mind. Why does Air Supply get to go on and on? Just answer me that. I know. <laughs> could be worse. It could be thirty-eight special. Oh, now, now, don't be hating on 38 Special. The rhythm guitar player player for 38 Special had the best job in the world because all he had to do on every song was sit there and go... Who wouldn't want that? Yeah, and... And, 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 and many a high school garage band uh, followed suit. Yeah. Um, no. Um, when I was in high school, I was maybe twenty years old. Uh, there's reasons for that. Uh, it's called mainstreaming in the mid seventies from. Special education classes, which I really didn't need, to classes where the uh, allegedly normal kids would would go. But uh, I was in a play in Anchorage when I was up there in high school, Up the Down Staircase, which was written by a woman named Belle Kaufman. I know this. I know the play. And I played Rusty O'Brien, one of the kids on the radiator. Uh, and um, for that show, we used uh, 38 Specials Teacher Teacher in the beginning of the show. To, you know, before before we came on stage, just to get the crowd warmed up and hyped up a little. So yeah, I'm not going to give uh, give 38 special too much problem, but Ms. Kaufman didn't die until she was 99 years old, Robin, in like 2012, and she had been a school teacher in the New York City school system. So. Uh, and yes, they they made a film out of the play. I never saw the film, 
when I was working on, on the character, I did a backstory and all that the way I thought it would be. And then I read the book. Um, and, and that's, that, that's what I did. And, uh, I had a blast. I think, you know, when, when you start talking about taking out the arts in, in schools, you're, you're, you're causing part of the educational experience, especially for young people, um, You're you're studying their their intellectual growth by by not having that sort of thing available. I I agree entirely. Um, but I uh, my sister. Uh, has been a teacher for nearly 30 years. And she's got grandparents now that are introducing their grandkids to her and going, oh, yeah, uh, she was my teacher when I was little. You know, she teaches third grade. And, and, and that's like herding cats. If I recall my third grade career, because uh, there was all kinds of trouble you can get into without actually getting into into trouble. That's about the time you're starting to figure out how to get into trouble and avoid any complications. But uh, yeah, I. I think that uh, it's going to get real interesting over the next couple of years. And, um, of course, they're going to trot out, well, it's the Democrats' fault that uh, we're not getting anything done like they did the last time they wanted to pass the buck on not getting anything done when the Republicans were in charge. It was obviously the minority that was the problem, even though that never seemed to slow the Republicans down for what they wanted to do. I mean, it's not like they had the filibuster in the House. No. So... And I am encouraged about the voting patterns in Georgia so far. Um, you know, and I was thinking, I was, thinking in, I was thinking about that earlier today. This is uh, uh, the the election as of tomorrow will be five days away in Georgia. Yeah, and people are already standing up in line for hours just to vote early. That says a lot. Keep up the good work, Georgia. You know, and it's obvious what they've been doing. And I think the courts in Georgia realize that because 
you know, targeting uh, no no voting on the Saturday after a uh, or you know two days after a national uh, after a state holiday, and that state holiday was Robert E. Lee's birthday. Yep. Yeah, we talked about that on Friday. Robin, I lived in Texas when I was nine years old. Now, we celebrated Texas Independence Day. But you didn't get any time off from school for that. You know, uh, they, they, they did some programs about the Alamo and things like that. And, and I'm in third grade at this point. I'm just barely learning to to, to write my name in cursive, which I understand is now a lost art. Um, and I was trying to figure out my multiplication tables. But, yeah, we... Um, we had, they did this program where there were songs in English and in Spanish. Um, it was the first time in my life that I'd been around Hispanic kids. And the funniest thing that happened to my mother while we were down there is she was in a restaurant in uh, in Houston, and she said, "Oh, a carrot!" And it was a Scotch bonnet and pepper. And the waiter's like, "Senora, no!" <laughs> and she bit into it, and I'm missing a beat. The waiter brought out some milk, a couple of flour tortillas. I, too, have mistaken an orange-colored, long, skinny chili pepper in some Thai green curry for a carrot. It was memorable. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, there was also the time my mother lost driving around Indiana and didn't realize she was lost until she saw the sign that said, Welcome to West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, she doesn't have to worry about uh, driving around anymore, so that's good. God only knows where she'd end up. Uh, Christine always complained about getting lost, and I told her the story about Mom getting so lost she ended up in West Virginia. And she laughed. She said, you're kidding me. I said, oh, no. No, I think um, she started the day in Ohio or something, and somehow by that night she ended up seeing a sign that said "Welcome to West Virginia." <laughs> That's when she realized she was lost. <laughs> Yeah, you you don't you, you don't accidentally get here. I mean, you do. Yeah, but 
If you don't expect to see Welcome to West Virginia, it can be quite a shock. Well, West Virginia is one of those states where you can't get there from here? Yep. Yeah, just like the post office in Brooklyn. Yeah, you can't get there from here. But, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, and uh, as far as uh, Tracy having to pay that surcharge to the restaurant, yeah, these guys don't know how to price their, their food. I mean, I saw a program with Gordon Ramsay who would go into restaurants that had, and one of them, ones where the portions were too big and, and they were undercharging for what they were selling. And Gordon Ramsay said, there's a real simple formula. You take three times the cost of the food to cover your expenses and to pay your staff and to build in a little bit of profit for yourself. So evidently these people are not doing that. Uh, no, they're just gouging. But, uh, they're just gouging. Yeah. Oh, we're we're doing it to provide a living wage for our staff. Well, if you can't provide a living wage without my, you know, three three dollars and sixty cents on top of what I'm paying you, you don't need to be in business. It's a crummy model. Yep. I mean, I, Chris and I have uh, a couple of friends who run a diner. We know that they're the owners, but we still pip them because they do all the work. They do the serving and they do all, all that. Not not a big deal. But that's a voluntary thing. That's, no, and... Christine has gone hammer and tongs with my sister-in-law, Kay, about tipping. Kay's one of these people. She won't tip to save your life. Oh, um, is she one of those dime-under-the-coffee-cup Baptists? Well, she's some kind of Baptist. Uh, no, I believe it's... Uh, uh, She's not one of these that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give your tip to the Lord Baptist. Now, Christine, when she was waiting tables, ran into plenty of those. Uh, but but uh, Christine has worked as a delivery driver and as a waitress and, and things like that. She's been in food for for over forty years. And she'll tip good service. Uh, you know, if the bill comes to 15 bucks, she'll tip them an extra five bucks just so she doesn't have to, to pull out, uh, you know, handle bills and change and all that. But she also wants to let them know that she will tip for good service. And she says, where she's a regular, she gets treated like gold. She's got her, she goes out and uh, to poker games with her friends. 
And the people at the bar have known her for years, even before the stroke. Christine, your table's ready. What would you like? <laughs> you know, she just gets the red right. carpet treatment. And my sister-in-law, Kay, was like, well, how do you get all this good service? And Christine clued her in. She said, Kay, you're one person away. When you're waiting tables and you're delivering pizza and you're doing it, you're one person away from knowing everybody else in that business in a, t- in a city the size of Indianapolis. You work with somebody who's worked with somebody who's worked with somebody, you know. And so the word gets around. And even when uh, she has former co-workers that have delivered to her, her trailer who find out that she's now blind, and they're like, oh, what happened? And she'll catch them up real quick. Or, you know, or um, one time they got real happy because Christine mistook what she thought were $5 bills. Uh, she was handing out $20 bills until somebody clued her in and goes, uh, Chris, uh, are you sure you want to hand me this? Well, yeah, that's $5. And he goes, no, Chris, it's a 20 And she goes, I've been giving these out all week. <laughs> so, oh, no. Well, see, now, there is a, a way now that she knows how to, to know what her uh, currency is. It, it's how you fold it. If she gets ones, they lay flat. If she gets fives, they get folded in a certain way. Twenties get, tens and twenties get folded in another way. So she can pick something up and and realize how much she's got. And she's got an OrCam device that'll read the bill that goes on the side of her glasses. So that that's how she keeps track of that. Um, and it amazes me because she'll only travel with fives and twenties. When, when she goes to the grocery store or she goes to the bar for game or, or whatever, it's fives and twenties. And she has gotten to the point where she can navigate someplace like Wally World, but um, she has been left in a line and then abandoned by somebody who was scratching her around. And uh, that was the time she got misgendered at the uh, Wally World. I told you that story. Right, yeah. <laughs> Because Christine wears fake pearls, and um, the the lady says, "Sir, can you move?" And and Christine realized she was talking to her. She turned around and said, "Ma'am, it's actually ma'am." And uh, 
I'm blind. I didn't realize uh, there was nobody in front of me. So, yeah. But she is doing really well. I spent Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with her last week. And we just had a nice, relaxing time. Lovely. There was no drama. Uh, Christine told one of her sisters uh, that she was cooking with a crock pot, and Kay called her immediately and said, do you need me to come over and do anything? And Christine said, no, we, I've got it. We put little Braille dots on her uh, slow cooker so she would know what buttons to push for what. And it was just a matter of putting these little adhesive dots above and below um, the various buttons that I, I showed her where that was. And that's the heating element in the outside part of the crock pot. And then she found my crock pot. So when Christmas comes around, we're thinking, I'm thinking of making uh, some chicken and noodles. And then she can use her crock pot for something. And we can just do a lot. I would like to do a lot of cooking one weekend with her just to freeze stuff and then, you know, split it up and, 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 and we've got it there. But because Christine loves to cook, but she's afraid to use the stove. That's understandable. And they do make stoves that talk back, but they're extremely expensive. But, uh, so she's become the, the mistress of microwave. And using the foreman grill and things like that. So, I'm glad everything's going well for you and doable. I, I, I understand. I, you know, I didn't say anything gross this entire time. I'm proud of you. And grateful. I told you all we get an effort this time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you've made you've made a you've made a you've made a, a yeoman effort, and Billable Rick is probably so grateful he doesn't know what to do. Well, just enjoy your your your, your early evening snack, there, Billable. <laughs> right. Well, listen. Uh-oh. You stay warm. I hear it's. I hear. It, I, I hear it's. Well, cold. Uh, and we're going to get I, cold I here. Got down to 32 last night. I have a new winter coat that I'm using when I bundle up under the blanket. So on top of everything else, I'm staying nice and toasty. Yeah. So. No, you do and that. I'm learning to live with the Russian side. Fox. 
So between that and the compression stock, I'm very comfortable. Good, good. And uh, uh, I think I saw the, the the Farmer's Almanac back before, you know, we got into this. It said, at least for here, it's going to be shitty on the front end and shitty on the back end and kind of sloppy and not as shitty in the middle. So, you know, slop. Yeah. Dave, take care and give our best to Christine, please. I will, Robin. You take care. Will do. See ya. Bye. My buddy Dave in the blind out in Taliban, Indiana. Uh, I'm I'll, I'm going I'm going to the uh, going over to the Skype line uh, in a second. Um, but I wanted to just sort of I don't know uh, call this uh, the actual groomer update. Um, you know people like testicle toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson hoot and bark and grunt about groomers a lot. So to you know, Matt Dysphoria, Beard Walsh, and and uh, little Benny Shapiro. Um, you know that ilk. Um, but there are actual, actual real groomers out there. Um. And here's one. Uh, NFL fans may remember the name of uh, John Kitna, a 14-season NFL journeyman QB, played for the Seahawks, the Bengals, the Lions, and the Cowboys. Well, professional sports have become kind of a an almost hereditary thing now. So John Kitna has a son. John Kitna's son is Jalen Kitna. Um, he's a second-string QB, or third-string, I don't know, uh, for the Florida Gators down in Gainesville. He's 19 years old. He was a redshirt freshman. And he has been uh, booked... And this story is, you know, Dateline today. He's been booked on uh, uh, two counts of child exploitation material and three counts of possession of underage porn. Oh, really? He was a highly touted recruit out of Burleson High School in Texas. Then he signed with Florida. And uh, got busted for kitty porn. Once again, uh, not a drag queen. Not a member of the LGBTQ community. Just a straight guy who likes children. Don't anybody tell Tuckio Rose Tucker testicle toasting Tucker Carlson about it, of course. And by the way, uh, when we were talking about outing earlier at the beginning of the program in relation to Miss Lindsay, um, well, 
this is not a case of outing. This is just a disgusting capo of a sort. Um, the senior, uh, the, well, the vice president of Tucker Carlson Digital Products and the senior executive producer of Tucker Carlson tonight over on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda is a guy by the name of Justin Wells. And according to a report from Michelangelo Signorelli, uh, he's an out gay man, married. And so he has yay or nay on the people who are booked on that show, including people like uh, a creep named Jamie Mitchell, who runs something called a hate group called Gays Against Groomers. Um, who was on his program, Tucker's program, right after the uh, Club Q massacre. Uh, Michelangelo Sr. really wrote, It is beyond horrific to think a gay man has helped to shape and widely disseminate a message of hate against LGBTQ people. The story is not, however, about a warped closet case tormented by self-loathing, hiding his true self while bashing those like him. And thus, this story is not an outing which involves exposing someone who covers up their sexual orientation while publicly presenting as heterosexual. Though it certainly may be a startling revelation to a great many, it is rather about connecting the dots regarding a reality that seems to have been hiding in plain sight. Yeah, this guy, Justin Wells, has been married to another man for about ten years, and they had a very open and out wedding. And he works every day and makes a lot of money hurting people just like him. Because freedom, right? Yeah. And just one quick update uh, coming out of uh, Riverside, California. The um, slow release of information about the 28-year-old Virginia cop who drove across country, killed three adults, and kidnapped a teenage girl. By the way, the teenage girl has a sister, so there are two orphans, not just one. Well, uh, police in Riverside are now saying that uh, he was definitely a groomer. Um, they don't know yet how long the digital relationship lasted or uh, what platforms were used. But he catfished the little girl. And they uh, now say that he engaged in classic groomer behavior. Um, apparently he asked for or traded... Um, Nudes, sexually explicit photographs, or perhaps provided her with things like gift cards and even 
just, you know, being um, super complimentary. But, yeah, he was all of that. And uh, the Virginia State Police never saw anything untoward in him. Nor did the Washington County Sheriff's Department. How do you miss that? I don't know. I don't know. Robin, stop telling us what we don't need to know. Thank you, Billable. And Flavio says, Justin Wells, way to pull up the ladder from people after you. No kidding. Uh, As to safety, a note coming in from Dave number 11. Half of my community has moved to Idaho or Montana to get away from us libtards in California. Their homes were purchased by the most wonderful people, each one educated and voting blue. If the house turns out to be an Airbnb, it is rented by a great person. Maybe we need to separate a little bit, left from right. I have my plastic straw hat to wear when I'm touring to the open county care, uh, open carry counties. It's enough to slip my Mercedes-Benz Sprinter through their territories unimpeded. I don't have to open carry myself. YMMV. Your mileage may vary. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, Dave, one of the things I think about when I think in that in, in those terms is. Uh, 1948 and the India-Pakistan frontier when people had to get up and go for the sake of their very lives. And it, it scares me that we may be, you know, from the Confederate states facing... And, and you know what? Let's be, let's be clear about this. The states that lose these people will be the worse for losing them. Diversity is the spice of life. And Texas will not be better off without its trans population. The ones I worry about are the ones who will not be able to leave because there is not going to be enough of an underground railroad to provide not just legal support, but actually actual monetary support to help people settle in and have something resembling a decent life. And even if it's Texas, even if you're leaving Texas, if Texas is your home, they're gonna, there's going to be, there's going to be, there's going to be considerable trauma that attends being forced to flee for your very life. The family that left for Maryland from Texas in the middle of the night, uh, is that family is doing the best that they can, but they, they, even they will freely admit that things are a mess. And the non-binary child is struggling just to stay alive. So I don't... And I used to say, okay, well, Texas is going to do something stupid.
but the courts will stop it. We used to always say that because when things were flagrant violations of constitutional equal protection, they were they were recognizable on their face as such. And almost any judge, you'd say, well, you know, they'll straighten this out. That ship has sailed and sunk. I was thinking about the Texas legislation, and if it, if it is passed into law, and I would say there are better than even odds that it will, then, okay, you go to a federal judge, and you say, Judge, this is clearly a violation of equal protection, and we're going to win on the merits, and this thing needs to be enjoined right now. But Texas is so overflowing in maggot and loyal bushy filth at the federal district court level that you ju- that you just can't count on a district judge to do that. So that means going to the Court of Appeals. But the Court of Appeals that handles taxes is a maggot sewer and a loyal bushy sewer. And so that leaves the Supreme Court of the United States. Guess what? They can't be counted on either. Not those not those the not those theocratic bigoted fools. There was a reason why Slappy Thomas uh, wrote in his uh, his his concurring opinion in Dobbs that it was that he wanted people he wanted you know these tax exempt organizations to drag some hundred dollar bills through some uh, through through some churches etc. and bring him some good plaintiffs who that, that he could use to overturn Obergefell, overturn Bostock, overturn Lawrence, overturn. Griswold, but not loving. So there may there may be a genuine human rights crisis not far down the road at all. in Texas. Um, Consider this. I have to find the post real quick. There. As a friend of mine said, we are not overusing the word, keep calling it what it is, fascist. And from Wikipedia, Nazi views on homosexuality. The Nazis were influenced by earlier ideas conflating homosexuality, child molestation, and the seduction of youth. Before the Nazis rise to power, there was a widespread belief among Germans that homosexuality is not inborn, but instead could be acquired and spread. 
The Nazis were particularly concerned that their all-male organizations, such as the Hitler Youth, the SS, and the SA, must not be seen as hotbeds of homosexual recruitment. Now take that and transpose that into 2022 Merca. The maggots and the Republicans are fascist. The refusal to point that out, the refusal to note it and deal with it in a straightforward fashion or to try to dance around it or somehow find a difference with Nazism versus where we are now is uh, wishful thinking. And when you combine that with the, the, the religious liberty canard, in places like Texas, they will do everything they want, hurt whomever they want, eliminate whomever they want under the guise of religious liberty. And that's so. That's a recipe for real horror. Uh, Lines are open, by the way, if you want to jump in on the conversation. You're mighty welcome to. Stress lines open. uh, 844-843-4676. 844-843-4676. 844-THE-HORN. And Bob Kincaid Horn on Skype. Either way works uh, equally well. And I do love the conversation. And I love what y'all bring to the conversation. Let's see, we can uh, we can get rid of the uh, pedophilic quarterback. Oh! Uh, and uh, here we have the... <laughs> Well, look, it's Florida, man. You know you've got a good story on your hands when the opening line is, a Florida man was arrested again. Uh, this This is a convicted sex offender named Jeremy DeWitt. And in addition to being a convicted sex offender... He also likes pretending to be a cop. And at one point in time, he got busted for uh, putting up YouTube videos of him escorting funeral processions on his special cop motorcycle and pulling over motorists. WESH, Action News Team Eyewitness Channel 2, uh, had the details. Megan, a man convicted of impersonating law enforcement numerous times in Central Florida is back behind bars this morning. The Osceola County Sheriff's Office says deputies arrested Jeremy DeWitt yesterday for violating his probation. Well, she's Bob Hayes and is live at the jail this morning. And Bob, this comes just a few months after DeWitt was released from prison, right? 
Yeah, that's right. And it all has to do with the YouTube page. Now, he got out of prison, like you said, in September after pleading no contest to charges, served a year in prison. And as part of his release, he was supposed to take down a YouTube page for his company. But officials say that didn't happen and he got taken back to jail last night. Now, the Osceola County Sheriff actually walked Jeremy DeWitt out to go to jail last night. And he had a lot to say. We've reported on him many, many times over the years. He's been arrested repeatedly for impersonating an officer while working as a funeral escort with this company called Metro State, sometimes even pulling people over, yelling at other drivers, stopping traffic. And after his release from prison, officials say he was supposed to close that business down along with its YouTube channel, but they say he has not done so. On his way to jail, DeWitt told us that his account had been hacked. I can't even shut it down. I can't even use it. I can't even post on it. I can't even shut it down. And I explained that to probation multiple times. We even showed them the proof, and they still put a warrant out for my arrest for not taking down the channel. The guy's definitely uh, out of control, and um, you know, I don't know if it's a, it's a personality issue or a power issue. Now, DeWitt was arrested here in Osceola County, but his violation is in Orange County, so we do expect he'll be taken back to the jail in Orange County, where he'll then have to go in front of a judge for that violation of probation. Reporting live in Kissimmee, Bob Hazen, Western. Yeah. A wannabe cop. Lucky nobody's dead. But somebody hacked the account, changed the username, changed the passwords. No. Um, the sheriff said, you can definitely deactivate your account on YouTube. So he's full of it. Yeah, poor baby. <laughs> You're right, Ralphs. Then there's the real cop. A real cop. Uh, video came out. Body cam video. This was a about a week ago. A Rapide Parish Sheriff's deputy in Louisiana stand. Um, by the name of uh, Deputy Rodney Anderson in Alexandria, Louisiana stand. Pulled over 45-year-old Derek Kitling. Um, Kitling was driving a Chevy, Chevy Silverado pickup truck in a residential neighborhood. He gets out of his truck in the video. Kitling does. Sheriff says, stay right there. And then says, walk toward, my, uh, walk toward your truck. And uh, Kitling says, why'd you stop me? Sheriff's deputy doesn't answer. The cop says, keep your hands out of your pockets. Mr. Kitling walks to the back of his pickup truck, like he told him. The sheriff's deputy grabs his left arm. Mr. Kitling says, what's the issue? The cop says you're not following orders. The usual. Kitling says, can I get my phone? Cop says, we'll get to that. 
The man keeps asking, what I did? What's wrong with you? Why are you grabbing on me, man? Why are you grabbing on me, bro? And he keeps, the cop keeps telling him, put your hands behind your back, put your hands behind your back, put your hands behind your back. And Mr. Kitling is going, for what? And then a struggle happens. And then the cop does what cops do. Fires a single shot into the head of Mr. Kitling. And yells, shots fired, shots fired. After the fact, a colonel, a guy by the name of Lamar Davis, who runs Louisiana Stand State Police, said that he was pulled over, Kitling was, for a window tint violation and having a modified exhaust. Reverend Randy Harris said the Sheriff's Department under the current Sheriff Mark Woods has a plethora of problems when it deals with African Americans. It's tragic with what happened to Derek, but unfortunately it's more than likely to happen again. I have zero faith in the Sheriff's Department. They have hired lawyer Benjamin Crump. Biggest gang on the block with the best guns. And they do as they wish. And from the Department of Forget About It, Jake, it's West Virginia, Stan. Up in Jackson County, uh, Rodney Rogers, aged 43, has been taken into custody. After cops found over a pound, a pound of meth at his house along with powder cocaine. His bond is $200,000. Wonder if, well, they've charged him with transporting a controlled substance, but i got to wonder, do you, do, you, do, you, do you walk into court with that kind of charge and go, oh, no, it was for personal use, Your Honor. Lord. Oh, and now, uh, now Nitwit Nero is having a sad because, uh, according to the New York Post, take it, you know, grain of salt. Uh, he now says he was blindsided by the dinner with uh, the definite art, the definite article, and uh, Nazi incel Nazi Nick Fuentes. It was a total setup. He tried to fuck me. He's crazy. He can't beat me. Uh, yesterday, uh, Geezer Disgustus gave an interview to Fox News Digital, 
I'd never heard of Fuentes. I'd never heard of him. Never heard of the guy. I had no idea what his views were, and they weren't expressed at the table in a very quick dinner, or it wouldn't have been accepted. Never heard of the guy. Who? Yeah, sure. But now, apparently, uh, the people who handle him, and that I, and, and just saying the people who handle the idea of handling, ew, um, but the people who handle him are now so gobsmacked over the whole Fuentes definite article affair that there will be someone from his campaign with him as the article puts it around the clock and according to the Associated Press protocols have changed for visitors and they're going to start vetting the guests guests who come to kiss the ring Because the definite article brought three guests, one of whom was Nick Fuentes. The Associated Press article reads, In an acknowledgment of the severity of the backlash and an effort to prevent a repeat, Trump's campaign is putting new protocols in place to ensure that those who meet with him are approved and fully vetted according to people familiar with the plans who requested anonymity to share the internal strategy. So don't look for anything to change. The AP article goes on to say the changes will include, again, don't expect anything to change, expediting a system borrowed from Trump's White House in which a senior campaign official will be present with him at all times, according to one of the people. God. The stupidity. But as we come to the end of the program, and yeah, we have uh, um, got a note here. If you don't emphasize the fundraising, you won't have much of a program left. I beg and I plead. I can't just sit here and talk about fundraising all night long because it puts me off and it puts everybody else off. It's bad. Ending, ending a month in an $1,100 hole is bad. So anybody that wants to help, the help is needed. Because we don't have any dark money billionaires. We don't have any ads or anything like that. We've, la- we've lasted for almost 20 years that way. But times are hard. And I hope the program doesn't go away. I really do. Um, Can't be trusted to pick dinner guests. But let's put him back in the oval, Matt says. What could possibly go wrong? He can't be trusted to tie his own shoelaces, Matt. I mean, my God. 
uh, who's this nice-looking young fellow with the uh, with the pencil-thin mustache who's coming to dinner here? I, I, I know the definite article. Oh, yeah, okay. Said Steve Bannon's an asshole, did he? Well, you know, he's not half wrong. And uh, the uh, House Ways and Means Committee is now in receipt of all six years of his tax returns. It took six years to get six years' worth of tax returns because the Supreme Court miraculously refused to block the document transfer, even though I asked very nicely. The returns primarily come from his time in the White House, and... I don't know how they're going to I don't know I don't know how they're going to parse out the work but they're going to have to work fast because all the investigations will end on January 3rd as the House of Representatives shifts to consideration of such earth-shattering import as Hunter Biden Hunter Biden the Benghazi overtime yeah and uh, investigating Anthony Fauci and 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 uh, the Wuhan lab, and the fact that Joe Biden finally got us out of a war we should never have been in in the first place. But do let's end the program on a good note. Uh, the wheels of justice do grind slowly. They grind. And so yesterday, yesterday, almost 14 years after a fracking well explosion on New Year's Day 2009 that happened because methane had gotten into the groundwater, Cabot Oil and Gas entered a no-contest plea to 15 criminal charges brought by the state of Pennsylvania. Nine of those were felonies. Cabot Oil and Gas is now owned by an outfit called Coterra Energy. Cabot Oil and Gas, you may have heard of them back in the uh, 2010 documentary Gasland, you know, the documentary that showed tap water catching fire in Dimock, Pennsylvania. Josh Shapiro, the governor-elect of Pennsylvania, brought the case uh, in, in an effort to get justice for the residents of Dimmock, Pennsylvania. For 10 years, the fracking company denied the allegations. For 10 years, they harassed the residents who objected to having their drinking water poisoned. And so now, as a result of the, of the no contest pleas, they're going to pay $16.3 million to build an entirely new public water infrastructure, and they're, going to, uh, and they're going to pay to pay for clean water delivery to those who have been damaged by their actions for the next 75 years.
fellow named Ray Kimball, who lives in Dimmock, said Dimmock residents have known for 14 years that Cabot Oil and Gas is guilty of contaminating our water. Finally, some justice. This case proves once and for all that drilling and fracking contaminated our drinking water. And he has been going to D.C. since 2014 to beg for relief through anyone who will listen. And my heart goes out to them, and I applaud them. I applaud their courage and their determination. Because anytime you seek environmental justice, it's going to be a long, hard fight. Josh Shapiro said after the hearing on Tuesday, there were failures at every level. The local elected officials where someone would uh, need to go ignored them. The regulators whose job it is to set the boundaries for industry to operate in failed. It gives me hope. It really does. Gives me hope for what happens here. The Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry, which is part of the Department of Health and Human Services, uh, tested and found out, yes, Dimox drinking water had harmful contaminants in it. Chemicals that were found in 44 private water wells at levels high enough to affect health or pose a physical hazard. And the presence of uh, methane created an immediate risk of explosion or fire for five households. Also, as a result of uh, work going on around, uh, around these, these fracking platforms, Physicians for Social Responsibility found internal records that proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that fossil fuel companies knew they were injecting cancer-causing per- and polyfluoroalkyl substances, PFAS, into the ground while they were doing their fracking. Uh, Physicians for Social Responsibility said federal leaders must act to ensure that no American is subjected to continued poisoning, sickness, and harm from drilling and fracking. Uh, Winona Hodder at Food and Water Watch said after more than a decade of glaring inaction from state and federal leaders, finally the people of Dimmock have a measure of justice thanks to the work of Attorney General Shapiro. And then added countless other communities on the front lines of fossil fuel extraction in Pennsylvania and elsewhere will continue to suffer from the inherent health and safety risks of fracking until our country fully transitions to a clean, safe, renewable energy future. Here's an interesting statistic. Somewhere around 17.3 million people all over the U.S. live within a half-mile radius of active oil and gas production. That's a lot of people in a lot of danger. And a little bit of justice for people in Demo. So that's the program. 
we're uh, up north of 1100 bucks in trying to finish this month. This is grim. If you can help, please help. Thank you to all of those who do help. Our Patreon and PayPal subscribers, our a la carte contributors, thank you so much. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to um, our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Sparky, or, uh, Steve and Roger and Sparky in the chat room. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is headon.live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, whiterosesociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people. I know the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe, get your booster, get your flu shot, wipe down your surfaces, help stop the spread of RSV. Wear your mask when you're among crowds or among the great maggot unwashed and unvaxxed. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer and keep your social distance. 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And, uh, well... If uh, if somebody comes stumbling towards you down the sidewalk, saying, "My land, I just voted against the Respect for Marriage Act because religious liberty, sit liberty, sit." Avoid that toxic little hobbit like the plague, because he is. He is. He's a hobbit. He's a tiny little fucker. Um, and always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>